Young Randall Horseradish, come, come here. I have much wisdom to bestow upon you. Eh? What's that, Master? It has come time for you to take on the legacy of your family. You are an accomplished furniture master, and it is up to you to face the grand evildoer, Evil Door. What? But I'm just a carpentry apprentice. I'm not ready. Ah, but within you beats the blood of a fine woodworker or a carpenter of the stars. You are tasked with taking your furniture monster. Uh, what was his name again? Well, well my, my, first, my first furniture monster didn't turn out quite like I intended. Uh, it was uh, Automanaton. Yes. Well, weak though he may be now, he must get stronger if he is to fight the great champions of Evildoor. Amwar Dillo, Chest of Dragons, Tabelina, and Chariot. Well, I have noticed that he tends to be stronger around dress erection, but I, I, I'm not sure that he's ready. Maybe I should create one more, one more furniture monster just to make absolutely sure that I'm ready for this task. Yes, take these magic marbles and put it inside that desk to create Descarado. I've got an even better idea. Let's put them inside this piano so I can create Piano Mercy. Oh, hold on just a moment. Yeah. Is... Is a piano a type of furniture? Well... It's it's an instrument, right? Well, no, it... I mean, I suppose you can play... But you can put things you on can it. You can play it? Yes. You, yes, but that's not its primary function. If I'm not mistaken, I've seen Mother lounged a, 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 across it many times when gentlemen callers come around. She's using it wrong. She She's not the chosen one at all. I mean, is an organ a, a piece of furniture? Is a saxophone... But, but this has four legs, and, and, I mean, what if we put a candle on it? What if we put what a candelabra ca- resting on top of it? Now, that's a flat surface. What heresy is this? You could put a, ca- a, a candle on a television. It doesn't a, make it furniture. It's a power accessory. You taught me this. I'm almost mm. certain this will work. Well, all of our hopes rest on you, but if I catch you turning into some sort of instrumentarian... Well, great darkness will be cast across our land for for reasons. Oh, well, let's give it a shot. Wait, take your useless brother and sister. Ah, it's taste... Piano Mercy has tasted blood. <laughs> ah, run. Run, young Randall. <laughs> Young Randall. <laughs> Young Randall Horseradish. <laughs> that's that's not a bad anime name. <laughs> Young Randall Horseradish. Died at only 12 years old, eaten by his own piano. <laughs> that's why we forget. Him, why would we name him Horseradish if our thing was furniture? Should he be like... <laughs> He's a very special boy. <laughs> 
caught between two worlds. <laughs> That's right. What, his dad is like, he, he's like the illegitimate son of, uh, what, what was his name in this anime? Jack? Yeah, Jack. <laughs> he's like the Jack's illegitimate son Jack. When, he, when he was like sleeping around in his 20s and he like, you know, had that phase where he was really into furniture instead of food. My father's a great master. He went off on a world-spanning adventure, but he'll come back. <laughs> sure he will. <laughs> sure he will, buddy. <laughs> he's not a he's not a deadbeat dad. <laughs> yeah. That that's the entirety of a uh, Hunter x Hunter is like 160 episodes of the show trying to convince me that he's not a terrible father. It, he's absolutely he's like not a like I mean like even Dragon Ball did stuff like this. Yeah, but like Goku became a doting father. I, I don't yes, know how his children got was. killed constantly. But <laughs> I don't know. Like bad, the, bad with the good. The very few moments I remember about Dragon Ball Z where Goku showed up and like was fatherly was when they were breaking dishes in their house because they were too strong. <laughs> it's like I don't know how to turn this off despite my incredible prowess. I can I can knock someone out with a fingertip, but I don't remember how weak glass is. <laughs> it's like Goku, the opposite of uh, Superman's mental block. <laughs> You know, like he—he's Superman's constantly surrounded by humans, so he's—he's he's way weaker. But you know, Goku is constantly surrounded by alien supermen, so he forgets how to like <laughs> pick up dishes or like walk a dog without choking it. <laughs> Chi Chi, if you wanted to find me, why don't you just fly around? Yeah. Oh God, that's right. <laughs> oh man, this is what what a boring wife you are. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine her like dragging him along to some like fancy social party and he's like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a superhero." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Charming, truly. You have a car? What is a car? Tell me about this car. <laughs> he's been in a car. Has they he? They have flying cars. Do they? Uh, Dragon Ball oh, Z yeah. makes no sense. They have flying like, cars and dinosaurs. It's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the aspects of Dragon Ball Z that aren't about the Dragon Ballers or the Dragon Balls are amazing. I I know. I want a sitcom set in this world this where, bizarre, the, where the big world stuff's just happening in the background. It's like how to do good anachronism. <laughs> like is <laughs> like, and you do get Imagine, the feeling that most of the high tech stuff was created by a single person. Ben, I want you to imagine how much better friends would be if the reason they hooked up randomly occasionally was like they thought they were going to die because of some alien plant demon. Or or because they needed to further the bloodline because it was like a Game of Thrones-esque society. And it's like, oh, we really need the Chandlers, the Chandler bloodline to be strong for this, uh, for this racial <laughs> and if, incursion. And if you accidentally pick the wrong woman, your future son will come back in time and tell you to pick the right one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's riding a raptor. Yes. <laughs> Man. I, I don't know why I have Dragon Ball on the brain today. I, I think it's because well, it's 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 this show, man. It's bringing up a lot of weird memories that I didn't know I had. It it takes from so much to produce I know. so little. <laughs> I know, but the little that it does produce is like it does incorporate all the various ingredients on brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll be yeah, doing let, a lot. Let's of get that. into this tasty souffle. Yeah, let's let's grill this anime. Um, so, uh, my name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And you are listening to the Carton Cast. This is the podcast where we watch old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. And today, Zane, what are we doing? Fighting Foodons. The Carton Cast. Yeah. Which is stronger, Fried Ben or Zane Soup? Well, we know it's Fried Ben. <laughs> I mean, just look at him. Zane Soup, there's so many ways for it to go wrong. I haven't seen, I've seen nary a, ta- a power topping in your apartment, Zane. I am full of meats. <laughs> That's true. You got My me on marbling that one. is on point. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, see, now that's a new epitaph. <laughs> I don't know why every quote that I hear, I just imagine can this be an epitaph? Like that's the I feel like that's the gold standard for <laughs> you, quotes. You you doing all right? You want you want to tell someone? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I mean like tweets are like low-hanging fruit, right? But if you really sure. believe in a quote, you got to get that you got to get an epitaph. <laughs> and not a, and not an aperitif. I can imagine like some eccentric billionaire with a room filled with tombstones where he's just like, "Do I want this epitaph?" And like every day he picks a new one in case he dies that day. Yeah. The butler, please drag that one to the center of the room and lay down aside it. Try not to breathe. I want to get the ambiance. <laughs> in um I don't know if you've seen uh the the new anime Neo Yokio. The one that Jaden um, Smith somehow was allowed to make. I'm, I'm aware of it, and that's as much as I was willing to give. I watched the first episode, and I, it, I, it's kind of charming. But at one point, um, you know, the main character is like, I would like to go see the grave, Butler. And they go to the grave, and it's his grave, and he just like pre-planned it out and likes laying down on it. He finds it restful. That's amazing. <laughs> how how has that not been an aspect of the show that I've been sh- that has been shared with me? All I remember is bad hair, panty shots, and Toblerones. <laughs> I kind of want a Toblerone now. <laughs> well, 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 okay, food on with Toblerone as the as the base. What do we got? Oh, to- Tobleboner or Tob- <laughs> Tobleroni. <laughs> yeah, bony Tobleroni. Uh, he's he's like a he's like a mafia guy. Oh, loner toes. <laughs> Zayn. <laughs> you know, because no. you loader an anagram. <laughs> yeah, nope. An anagram. <laughs> no, it sure isn't. <laughs> anyway, yep. Uh, uh, we so are... fighting foodons. Yeah, this is fascinating. Uh, I think that <laughs> you and I are the only people who remember this happening. Oh Ben, I've I've got a. That is not the case, and I have a fun bit of evidence for it later. Ooh, excellent. Um, yeah. uh, you know what? We can do it now. It's very funny. <laughs> sure, go for it. Um, well, I, I'll just say the production real quick. Um, Fighting Foodons ran on 4Kids TV, also known as the Fox Box, uh, from 2001 to 2002. It was adapted from a manga from 1998 by Naoto Tsushima in the kids' magazine Comic Bon Bon, which somehow wasn't all about food animes. Yeah, uh, and it and ran on Japan's equivalent of PBS before getting a dub into English. Yeah, and the dub, of course, was the immortal Four Kids Entertainment. Um, we've dealt yes. with this before. <laughs> we believe. will spare no expense <laughs> to make something appropriate for eight-year-olds. Oh man! I so was this the same dub company that did Kirby? I can't remember. Yes, yes, this it did was. Kir- it, we, we so we've dealt with this before for uh, Kirby. Right back at you. And, Kirby uh, did a lot better of a job most, <laughs> in its dubbing. Most famously, Four Kids is also responsible for Yu-Gi-Oh, which is why there's a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh characters running around in this show. Yeah, and it's they just discovered hair gel. It's kind of great. <laughs> so this this show takes on aspects of a lot of different um, contemporary anime. Just kind of like we know that this works. We know that kids are dumb and like shiny things and animals. They can like give like names and categorize so uh i do want to bring your attention really quickly to the fighting foodons wikia oh zane what do you think i have open <laughs> okay are you on the main page because we have to read this uh hang on one second ye well i'm on fried ricer right now <laughs> you're <because> obsessed <laughs> look he look he's amazing 
<laughs> it's just a dude oh, wow. with a plate of fried oh, rice wow. on Look at this top. plea for help. Ben, I, I saw this and I'm like, we need to talk about this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so the Fighting Foodons wiki, you know, there's wikias all over the place now. This one has 186 pages, which I have to assume were made by one guy. And it has to be it. The, the beginning says, please help us. <laughs> We're trying to create a good information <laughs> source for the obscure cult anime fighting foodons. Uh, if you go down further, uh, it tells, you, you know, you know, here's where you can find more information. Here's where you can watch the show. And then there's a paragraph. <laughs> please help us <laughs> learn about the show. Learn about the game. Master the foodon. Give this food like obscure Phoenix the power to rise from its ashes. Save us. Without you, there may not be fighting <laughs> food ons in 10, maybe 20 years. Where's he getting the number? Commit to a wiki that needs commitment. A wiki that won't give you a thriving community, but will let you make one. Please, we need you. If you believe it, <laughs> immediately it says, if you want to create a page, we'll post your username here. And the username that is posted is Horror Boy Adolf Hitler Satan. <laughs> yeah, I, that's frightening. <laughs> I don't know who I don't know what is going on in this main page. I, if if the person who made this is listening, I'm sorry to laugh at your pain, but this is so charming. It's pretty awesome. I uh, <laughs> I've have been looking through the fighting food on Wikia for the main reason that I find this lore fascinating. Like this is the most yeah. amazing. I've never been this invested in the story of a show up till this point. They built a world. That was perfectly consistent and cohesive, and you didn't like barely used it. It's, it's it's really fascinating, and they don't introduce it. They just expect you to know what we're, what they're talking about. So, like, all right, most most people are people, but there's food creatures. But then there's also a cat lady, right? <laughs> yeah, the cat lady, man. <laughs> also, there's a bat that's half robot. Yeah, and and like everybody is ten years old except for Kenshiro, who put on an apron. Like it's, it's like really funny. So, so the conceit of this show, Fighting Foodons, it is, it is, I don't, I don't even actually, I don't actually know. It never stops blindsiding you. I don't actually know how to, like, intro this. Uh, All right. So, Zane, what is this show about? What does it do? All right. You have an evil overlord. Do you have a checklist ready? (laughs) You have an evil overlord Mm -hmm. subjugating the people. Yep. Uh, and the resistance fighters are, are going to try and rise up. But the way they do this is through the use of these foodons. So obviously like, foodons are like Digimon or Pokemon. Like it's got on on the end of it. We know exactly what it's lamping. But Foodmon, apparently they considered too stupid a name. So they shortened mm-hmm. it to Foodon. Not that they don't use the term Foodon Evolution later on. Do, do you think they also named it Foodon because of Udon? Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I, did, I didn't actually consider <laughs> what, that. What's one more pun? <laughs> well, yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like they make so many puns in this show that if you ever ask yourself the question, was this a pun? Of course it was. And of was course it was intentional. <laughs> and the four kids' dubbers are so... Like, this has got to be their best dub ever. Did they know what they were doing? They had well, to. in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll, we'll talk about it. But the... um, Yeah, and it also takes from Yu-Gi-Oh! because... They use these cards to turn a regular dish into the foodons, and the better the dish, the stronger the foodon. And then later they can store the foodons in the cards. So we actually have card <laughs> battler in there as well. There's no reason for that thing to be a card instead of anything else, is there? No. So it's, it's just ju- there. It's just there, and it's so that you can make a TCG. 
And it's not like in Pokemon and Digimon, collecting them or like categorizing them all and like having a big team is, is something. Here, it's like there's three or four that keep popping up. And aside from that, it like it didn't seem like there was a compendium you could look up and find everything in. Uh, well, I will mention that I have the Food Fighting Foodons Wikia open now. And I have it to the Foodon page, which showcases all of them. How many are saying there? Saying there's hundreds. What? Well, See, not the hundreds. Yeah. There's about a hundred. You get the sense from watching this that there's like a dozen. Because again, think about it. This is a manga first. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have a, a bunch of stuff that you might not realize is, uh, you know, in, in canon. But let, let me... Let me I'm imagining list. the uh, I'm imagining the manga artist looking around their pantry, drawing it into their manga and adding googly eyes. <laughs> you're you're just to fill out space on googly eyes. Let, let me uh just give a few of the names of the of some of the monsters in this show just so that we can kind of give you all the the parody aspect of the of this of this genre. Like I want it to be very clear to our listeners that we're not just intentionally seeing a parody where there isn't one. Like in Big Every... O, I was like, "Oh, this is a mech parody." Maybe it was actually playing it straight. This has to be a parody. There's no other way to interpret it. Cuz Every food on name is at minimum two puns, possibly in different languages. Let me, let me just list a couple of them. Uh Applegator, Seafood <laughs> Impasta, Shishka Beast, <laughs> Hot Doggone It. Uh, Sizzler, spaghetti about it. Hey, spaghetti about it. And <laughs> I liked when they just came out with fruit turtle. Fruit turtle. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't. Is that a that's a dish in Japan that I don't understand? <laughs> uh, my favorite one, however, is squid vicious because that is referencing that's... a character from Cowboy Bebop. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, Sid Vicious is like a like a real. Guy. Isn't he like a? Oh, were they both referencing like, the same thing? This is a bassist from the sex pistols oh well that would do it and also a wwe fighter i i only knew it from cowboy Bebop. is it the same guy yeah that was probably a reference to the yeah sex pistlers my, my guess is that's right um also the main character fried ricer like so i was really into the idea of that all of these were weird parodies of real life so like sid vicious <laughs> squid vicious sure so i went to fried ricer and i'm like i like this guy's outfit i'm wondering if this is like a martial artist that i'm not aware of like a specific thing and so i go on there and <laughs> see and I like type in who is Fried Ricer based on, and it comes to the Fighting Foodons wiki, and the last sentence in Fried Ricer is based on fried rice. <laughs> fried rice physiology. It, yeah, so, this is, you know. <laughs> this is, it's weird that the one that you see the most is the most bland one of them. <laughs> Are you kidding? Look at those eyebrows. He's a noble warrior. <laughs> He's got a pee on his head. And, well, yeah, that's like a... I don't know, like, that that bespeaks kind of a relation to a traditional, like, Eastern garb, like, where they'd have all their head tied into, like, a single ponytail coming out the top of their head, you know? Yeah, but in this case, it's a lobster. In this case, it's a lobster. And he fights with two spoons. How cute is that? Yeah, and we get we get some others, and a lot of them are just variations on dude with a, with a food for a head. Um, they do get more creative, like, you know, apple gator or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Spaghetti about it. How you doing? <laughs> I I did not see that episode, but I have to imagine that's what it was like. I I didn't see that episode, but a lot of them have Jersey accents. <laughs> it's kind of hard to avoid. Uh, and and that again is because the four kids dubbers actually knew exactly what they were doing. I wanted to mention a couple of things. 
Um, there are, like, as you said, there are elements from other kinds of anime, even though this is pretty clearly lamping a, um, or lampooning a Mon anime, we also mm-hmm. have some elements of, like, mech fighting, because, you know, they combine on, but times, um, we have a kind of, uh, we kind of have, like, a hero, um, like a David and Goliath thing that is commonly associated with some mech anime, or like some hero anime where like there's this really big monster. Generally, the bad guys summon big foodons, and the good guys summon small but powerful ones. That happens a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know that that kind of reminds me of some older mech or hero ty- style anime. And and it's established in the you know shonen conventions as well. You know if if the heroes are starting to you know have trouble, expect them to have a heroic revelation pretty quickly. Yeah, not to mention that the main character is an eleven year old Genki. I mean, it's it's very similar to a, a bunch of different formulas, and the reason that it works, and I don't know what your feelings on this show are precisely. I think that this is pretty awesome. <laughs> like, I, like not to I, watch, <laughs> but as a concept, as a concept, as a drinking game, um, <laughs> you know, as a distraction. No, I. I my feelings kept changing pretty much every episode I watched because there are some episodes where it feels like they're playing it straight. And, and then there's others where they're very clearly not. Yeah, and, and I think that's just, like, I think that it's too much of a coincidence. Like, they, the they had to episode, know exactly what they were doing. The first episode left a weird taste in my mouth because ah. it starts off with this narration talking about how the 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 king of food, what was... Well, uh, uh, gl- glutton, glutton, or, like, something like that. No, the good king, the old one. Oh. And he said, um, hey, everyone, I, I, I'm wondering, what's stronger? Who will win know, in a fight? Fried duck or stewed tofu? And everyone's like, is the king doing okay? <laughs> he, what was the phrase that they used? He's like, they thought the king had a little too much nutmeg. <laughs> it and does sound like a conversation you have when you're high. And then a traveling wizard came by and had these cards that can transform them. So the first few minutes right are all narration, all exposition. The entire rest of the first episode, they don't explain anything. I know. They just, <laughs> just okay. We this got this character. His, his sister, dad is captured for reasons. They're <laughs> in a dungeon, like space lasers, yada yada yada, meatballs, speed racer, food cart. Oh man, it's it's old man amazing. on a disc. <laughs> like, right, and and because it's so audacious, I have to imagine that it was entirely on purpose. <laughs> and which is why I think the dub works so well is because it kicks that up to 11 like it makes as many puns as possible it does this awesome thing that we sometimes see in uh like we saw it in um shaolin showdown where the setting is eastern but all of the voices and like jokes are very like western style stuff Uh uh-huh yeah because it's a dub um I, i don't know like there's something about this show that's just like it's so it it's such a like sardonic review of anime <laughs> and in like long be, letter right? form because because if they tried to play it straight it kind of wouldn't hold up the the animation quality and the like plot progression isn't dynamic enough to sustain an actual show no this is a bad show but it's a it's a, it's <laughs> it's a bad show in the way that like um the room or uh you know mono's hands of fate or any of those garbage movies are good movies like on the negative 10 to positive 10 scale of watching a movie like this is like a negative eight no because i think i think because they knew what they were doing it's it's in a different sort of um different sort of class yeah maybe you're right maybe it's not like so bad it's good it's like it's a a parody movie it's like you know those um 
you know, well, scary like meet movie, the epic movie. Yeah. yeah. Like Meet the Spartans where like they're what what why are they doing that again? <laughs> I'm I've never quite been sure behind the motivation of what they thought. Like somebody really believed in it and everyone else is like, know. "Oh, this is funny." Oh, uh, well, it's just like Or it's like quick, the uh, Ocean's it's 11. It's a cash grab right? on like it's a qu- cash ga- it's a cash grab on like, you know, modern pop culture references, which Oh, the um, this is, the Expendables. This is not the same thing. The Expendables yeah, does this. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a the same idea. Of action movies. Um um what is the Let the Bullets Fly is sort of a parody of um kind of like a a a, a western slash um slash like martial arts sort of movie mm-hmm. like i uh, i don't know if you've ever seen it it has uh chow yun fat as like, kind of this bandit leader and he like tr- is trying to take over a city for some reason and just every <laughs> single interaction between all of them are so charming in how how straight they play it, but how ridiculous everything is. So, like, he's got, like, these seven guys who follow him around, and they each, like, say their number by doing the associated, like, hand language sign for it, and one of them dies. It's, like, number six or something. And his associated hand sign, they make a gravestone out of, which means that his tombstone is a fist with the thumb and the pinky out. Like, he's saying, like, (laughs) hang ten. (laughs) And nobody laughs. Like, they're all treating it like a serious grape seed, but there's just this big comedy centerpiece of this hang 10 sign in the front of it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I I thought you were going to say, like, he just had a big old middle finger extended. No, no. That's that's lowbrow. Oh, yes. It's very common. Uh, Yeah. So I'll I'll put a link in the show notes for that because it's amazing. But this is a parody in the same way where it's like, yeah. It knows what it's making fun of and it has a healthy respect for what it's making fun of. And then pretends that it's not making fun of it. No, we are dead serious about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you, you guys like this thing that I'm making? Yeah, you know, it's kind of as a joke. Like, uh, haha. No. <laughs> uh, so it, it's a different yeah, that, kind of... Yeah, that's what we're dealing with. It's a different kind of parody than Megas XLR, which was laughing at itself while it was telling, while it was doing the show. Mm-hmm. This is not laughing at itself, and that's why we can laugh at it. <laughs> let me. So let, I want to. I want to. I want to cite a couple of things from uh, IMDb reviews. Oh, please, if I might. Um, <laughs> My so, favorite. Who, the so the reception of the show broadly breaks down into love it or hate it territory, and you find that the people who hate it kind of don't understand what it is. Like they don't understand <laughs> that it's a joke. It's a massive joke. Um. So this one review uh, by Joshua Taylor from the IMDb page, the title of it is, this is one of the dumbest animes in existence, and it is awesome because of that. And I'm not going to go ahead and say the whole thing, but... Show notes. But it, like, yeah, it, it goes it goes on for a little while, and it goes, yeah, nothing original, but that's the point. Fighting Foodons is a parody of a monster-catching anime and video games. It has a field day with making fun of classic cliches, from the hero having an arrogant rival to traveling the world helping people along the way. Um, the main reason to watch this anime is because it's intentionally ridiculous and parodies the ever-loving crap out of the monster-catching anime. Uh, those who have seen or played Pokemon and similar franchises will likely enjoy the subject matter of the parrying and the parodying of said subject matter. Those who focus on the monsters won't be disappointed either if you can stomach the terrible puns and poor man toes. <laughs> In short, don't go watching this expecting an action-oriented adventure like Pokemon. Go into it expecting bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo. Something oh, that is tongue about that. <laughs> cliche on purpose and exemplifies classic japanese goofiness 
which I, I think is a very good summary for this. Yeah, and then that's the, on point. And then the next <clears throat> review is from R. Datsun, who says, Being an avid animation fan, I admire <coughs> anime not only for their great and unique art style, but original storytelling as well. Man, have my eyes been open on fighting Fudons. Overall, the lowest of anime show out there. If the characters were given battle, uh, better personalities and the writing more so, I would have put it in a decent category. But sadly, it has occupied the It Sucks box for anime cartoons. Find something better and ignore this. And they, they, they don't, just don't get it. They don't need personalities. Yeah, they shouldn't the, have the the rival thing that the first guy mentioned. Yeah. Yes, he has a dramatic rival. That lasts all of one episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it does work because the younger kids who don't know that it's a parody can still enjoy it on its own merits because it's not terribly complicated. <laughs> it's It's very simple. It's very simple and very accessible. Like... You know, maybe I'm not going to understand all of the intricacies of a um, martial arts kind of uh, plot line or, or the jokes involved in something like a little bit more cerebral, like an Avatar The Last Airbender. But, mm-hmm. you know, if an eight-year-old kid is watching this and is familiar with Pokemon, they can, like, you see, like, a, a martial artist with a plate of fried rice for a head. Like, I, <laughs> I would laugh at that at that age. Like, I get the joke. It's very silly. Yeah. Shall we, um, let's talk about these, you know, characters, quote unquote, we almost don't have to just because you can just say stock standard people here. Yeah, I I think that's right as well. This is going to be a weird show to talk about because, uh, so much of it is a weird show. (laughs) So, well, so much of it is like aping a formula in order to tell a 26 episode joke, um, (laughs) with no punchline, which which I'm going to say is not enjoyable to watch. Let's not be, I can't can't wait for us to talk about the ending. Let's not be, let's not be like, uh, let, let, let's not bury the lead here. This isn't a fun show to watch, but its existence is charming. <laughs> At least that, that is my impression. Do you feel similarly or is there anything else to that? I would agree. I think that parts of it are like, you don't want to watch it, but it's, I'm glad it's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a thing that needs to exist. Like, like I said, this is a this is a drinking game show in the same way B movie was a drinking game movie. Yeah, I, I I would I would agree with that. Um, so looking at the characters, our main guy is Chase. Um, yeah, apparently remember remember Monster Rancher. <laughs> oh man! So this is voiced by Tara Sands, who was actually a couple of characters that we know. Um, Mokuba Kaiba from uh, Yu Gi Oh. Kaiba, <laughs> Kaiba, not Sato. Man, what is he slumming it here? No, <laughs> or the, she or. It, it, it's the younger brother. Oh, okay. Seto! You know, the gets trapped in a... He, he, the one who gets trapped in a card, and it always looks like he's doing some sort of mime routine because his hands are out, like... Okay, okay, that's out. that's on that's on brand. Yeah, and then also Fololo and Falala from uh, Kirby right back at you. Sure. So, Chase is the son of the rebel master chef, Jack. Yes. And he's on a quest to save the land. He He's a dish wizard, whatever that means. <laughs> It is unclear why Chase has to do this because we see Jack all the time and he's way more effective and he's doing the same thing just I, I love like on a parallel plot line. I love how Jack is just Kinshiro with an apron. <laughs> like and like, like some and like some like blonde highlights. Yeah, and a giant sword like Cloud. It's amazing. <laughs> hey, can we get a generic anime protagonist in here? Well, like this? All right. Give him an apron. Give, give, give me the <laughs> give top. Him a walk. Give me the top four anime protagonists you can think of. Mash them together and then put an apron on it. <laughs> Done. What, what's his name? 
Jack. <laughs> not regal enough. Master Chef Jack. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. That's some. That's a. That's some. That's a taste of nobility. That's some gravitas. <laughs> <laughs> that's some gravitas. Gravy toss. Go. Rapidash. Um. He's also got a sister, Kayla, who is there. Yeah, she's just there, but I find her food on extremely cute. Oh, omelet? Yeah, it's just a floating cat that vaguely looks like omelet colors. (laughs) Yeah, like, that is the least food of the foodons, where (laughs) it's just an orange cat. (laughs) It's their Pikachu. It's their mascot. In the shape of an egg. Not not quite. It's like their Togepi or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty into it. Yeah, Ch- Chase's food on is the is the Pikachu, and this is Fried Ricer, your favorite character. <laughs> this okay, I have a lot to say about Fried Ricer, <laughs> and I don't know what is appropriate to say about Fried Ricer. Is he racist? Unclear. I, I'm. This is like a pretty, you know, culturally insensitive read of of Fried Ricer's lines. <laughs> and so here's the thing: this is kind of the first. We get because, we, you know, he's also got some burnt meatballs and those talk kind of like Meowth, like, eh, you know, cl- yeah, classic, no like, three stooges kind of thing. Yeah, they do. They, this they is the first, talk like old Jewish comedians. This is the first food on we see where most of the time they just say their own name. They, you know, they, Sir, Sir Dumpling has a little bit more, but Fried Ricer just says Fried Ricer. And he says it with such intensity. <laughs> it's hard yeah. not to read it as like, <laughs> no, this is, this I don't is, know how to describe it. Uh, you can kind of read Fried Racer's delivery as a barometer for whether or not you yet understand the joke of the show. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, there's two ways to read it. One of it is, oh, it's copying Pokemon. And the other way is, oh, it's copying Pokemon, but it's a fucking plate of fried rice, which makes this <laughs> hilarious. Um, yes. it, it's doing some sort of impression, and I'm pretty sure it's culturally insensitive. We can put in, like, a couple of clips of it if you really want an example, but... <laughs> I don't know. His his garb is like classic. It like it looks kind of like a Bruce Lee with like the or like um yeah you know minimalist gi. You know how like the you know how Yu Yu Hakusho always has those like kind of soft rubber shoes. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this is a type. Like this is a type of martial artist, like a street fighter kind of kind of thing. Yeah, but and... he, but yeah. He's great. But yeah, fried ricer. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it, just like I feel so bad for the dubber who had to do like. All right, we wanted to come in do four hundred different intonations on fried ricer. Fried ricer. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Uh, but yeah. Um. Uh, who who else do we have? Um. So they're tooling around with this old man, uh, Oslo. Yeah, he's <laughs> just fascinating this tiny hermit like guy riding around on tensor's floating disc it's it's master it's master roshi except he's always there he's always there and he's always like pretty useless like he actually doesn't do anything apparently according to the lore um he used to be the king of good food and rather than just aging into small man uh king glutton turned him into like like, in the same way that he transformed people into half-cats, he turned this guy into an old man. <laughs> Great. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty great that he hovers on a saucer. Like, he can telekinetically controls a giant saucer. For, like, <laughs> what magic is this? Like, is this also, magic or technology? Ca- I never understand. It's never explained. Uh, he ca- doesn't canonically, care. Canonically, it is magic, and the source of his magic power is that one long hair strand on the top of his head. Oh, yeah. He's got, like, a question mark thing on his on his head. Like, this weird... It's a wisp. It's a wispy do. Well, yeah, but it's usually a. I feel like it's always a question mark. Like I feel like he's a. I have to talk to him in a video game to you know further the quest line. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> I didn't see it, but I assume that when he you know gets aroused, it turns into an exclamation point. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that that's the case, and like that's how they <laughs> unlock the final door is they just have to get him all hot and bothered. <laughs> it's like you're not the right shape. The we got to get your hair into the right shape. <laughs> <laughs> rub some bread on his nuts anything <laughs> he only thinks about food <laughs> what's the most about somebody somebody get a somebody get a naked cat girl in here so we can put sushi on on her so that he can eat it off of her great <laughs> this is the only way to defeat the king do you want to win or not <laughs> that's like the uh, original rick and and morty or it was doc and marty uh sketches i never actually just, watched uh, those in the original sketches, it's just, um, you know, Back to the Future, Doc and, and Marty. Mm-hmm. And Doc is, like, spouting off this techno babble, but the gist of it is the only way to save all life is for Mar- Marty to go down and lick his balls. <laughs> <laughs> they actually do something like that, a joke like that in the uh, later seasons where they're, like, quote-unquote torturing an alien who's, like, threatening them. And uh, it takes Marty a while to realize that instead of torturing him, he's actually, like jerking him off <laughs> and then he's like oh, i don't want to do this anymore he's like what you're willing to torch the guy but not to go to jerk him off come on man the planet's at stake <laughs> anyway consistency <laughs> yeah i'm gl- glad they didn't let that joke die um you mentioned cat girl i so did this is Cla- claudia perfect perfect uh, this is voiced by Veronica Taylor, who is Ash Ketchum Ketchum in seasons one through eight of Pokemon. I uh, um, I actually really liked watching her. I found yeah. I found her really fun to watch. I, I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's like the single minded, like nefarious purpose of yeah. messing Chase's so, day up. Like it's very Team Rocket. So yeah, well, she's every villain right so sometimes she's like team rocket you know blasting off again or, or just trying to steal like omelet of all things yeah she flies um, off and turns into a sparkle but some, sometimes she's devious so like in in one of the first episodes uh she's tricking the heroes against each other but then <laughs> rather generous. than wait for, <laughs> rather than wait for one of them to defeat the other she waits until they're both like in the heat of battle and then tries to fight both of them <laughs> at Smart. once yeah just when they're about to finish each other off also, she walks around and, and like tries to get them. She, she reminded me of like the Trix Rabbit. Oh yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, I like. I really like the Team Rocket parallel, though. I think that's like the strongest piece of evidence. Like, cause, yeah, because they're comedic as well. Well, because Team Rocket is like, whoa, that Pikachu is rather strong for a Pokemon. Let's just seal him with everything we have forever. Let's, like that's the only thing we we will try to do. Claudia is like, oh, these guys mess things up for them once. I'm just gonna focus entirely on them and nobody else. Like she used to have designs on you know creating gigantic food monstrosities to take over towns, but now she's like, I gotta get those kids. 
Yeah, and and because that's her role. She's like a lieutenant of King Gorge, uh, who has other animal people. Like, okay, animal monstrosity is bad. Food monstrosity is good. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Also, she's a cat. Yeah, she got turned into that by uh, by magic. So, a cat person, like cat, uh, a person that, like, yeah. I have to imagine she was like into, like she asked for that. <laughs> like, like she's into it. Like she's into it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if she's I want constantly walking around in a one piece swimsuit. <laughs> it does kind of feel like she's on her way to a convention. <laughs> and this was in the like two thousand and one, so this was definitely before that became a mainstream thing. <laughs> I like she was just she was just out and proud as a furry before it was cool, and it's still not cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she 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 jumped on that bandwagon a bit too early. <laughs> Like you're going to be waiting like 20 years while we get our civil rights figured out before we can start being nice to you. I'm I have sorry. to imagine. I have to imagine as like a, a figure, like a like a pop culture figure. She was to furries as Sailor Moon was to like young girls, or or to young boys. Yes. Don't hate. In, don't shame. In that manner. I, I I don't know about that. Um, I think it's funny. Like the idea that cat, like this was a genesis rather than a symptom of like that cat girl mania but i don't think it's the case <laughs> like this is what started it all yeah I, probably not nevertheless she's fun to watch i i find her mm-hmm. i find her enthusiasm infectious and she's one of the few voice actresses on this show that isn't hard to wa- listen to so mm-hmm. pretty good uh speaking of there's also pie tin oh yeah that it's this is kind of their like this is their like sidekick. It, I mean, it's weird because they're eleven years old, and Python is like four or something. <laughs> maybe not four. He's like eight, maybe. No, but I think he's literally canonically five. That's that, that that's so stupid. Like this power creep again. This show is a parody of those like monster shows where like a boy of twelve years old goes off to an adventure, but they shrink it down even further just to make it <laughs> even more absurd. Well well the boy of twelve now is like a grizzled old veteran, so yeah. the young starry eyed naive <laughs> one has to be five, five o'clock shadow <laughs> and sharpening a machete um, around a campfire. You know how it was in my day. <laughs> what, Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, you got it. So he's supposed to be like young and naive. It expresses itself as him just like being obnoxious to everyone they interact with. Like, all right, we need to be diplomatic. And he's like, your food sucks and, sucks and I hate your face. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he's like, just like an asshole. This is like a, I mean, this is a constant in most other kinds of anime too. Remember uh, there was that one character, Rin or something like that in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fist of the North Star. Fist of the North Star. Yeah. And that other character that, like he had like this posse of children to follow him around like a benevolent Michael Jackson. <laughs> really nothing you can't you can't you can't help me out at all with that one i was i was yawning <laughs> <laughs> i picked a bad time to bring up michael jackson watch my yawn attack yep um uh, yeah i i don't hate him in the same way that i don't hate any character in this show just because they're all irrelevant and you don't really have to pay attention to anything hate implies an intensity of emotion that this show does not warrant yeah, there, I, I don't know. There's how no I, right way to absorb this show other than like sardonically. Yeah, and, and for that reason, like I'm not in love with any of these characters, except possibly for Claudia and for Captain Captain Jack Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> oh man, his name is. <laughs> I'm a master chef, love. <laughs> but but Go why is the sake cake. gone? <laughs> yeah. Um. That's mostly what I have for characters. Well, I do there want to talk. Is one yep. f- category of character that we should probably discuss? 
the Fudons. Oh, yeah. Would it be better or worse if they could talk normally? Um, I think it would get overwhelming because we have those meatballs and that's already distracting enough. I, I can't imagine it being any better. <clears throat> but I think Sir Dumpling had the right balance. Because he does so say too. Sir Dumpling, but he also just like, like interjects British, as a British, British man. Itisms. Like I say, you're smashing. <laughs> Cheerio. Jolly good. Like that's the right amount. And that's, like Sir Dumpling is why I think this four kids dub is fantastic. Like he he's the reason. Like I can't imagine that it's like this in the sub. In like, what do you mean? Like uh, you wouldn't get all those weird Britishisms in the sub, would you? I don't know. Because that's not like a joke that would sell to Japanese audiences. Like, we only understand it because we're America and we have, like, you know, uh, Hugh Grant kind of uh, kind of fascinations. Like Grant, we, we, know what, it up. we know what a proper dandy sounds like, and it's, like, in our cultural lexicon, and I don't think that it is true in Japan. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the... It's hard for me to think of what it's like in a different culture to another language to a third dialect. Yeah, that that's a few too many <laughs> steps removed. We don't have expertise on that. I am curious why he's just Sir Dumpling, because that's not a pun. Yeah, it's... Unless I'm missing something. <laughs> I I don't know. Fried Ricer is not really a pun. Well, because the R implies that he's doing something. Like, he is the one who fried rices. <laughs> is that how you read it? <laughs> I am the one who rice. <laughs> I broke the spoon. I am the rice. <laughs> Can we do one more? <laughs> do we have any more of those? Yeah, so puns. Uh, but 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 you mentioned like everything is a pun if it can be. Yeah. Well, I, I uh, like to think that they just like, they knew they had to have one of these kind of ponsish British dandies to make a good joke. And a dumpling mm-hmm. was a good way to do it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I've moved on. Like, honestly, like, the puns wouldn't be as special if they were everyone. We have to be caught off guard by them. So, <laughs> and, and like I like he's one of the more fun characters to listen to because it's just like these like little little British mincings as he's attacking. Yeah. And it does work that not all of them are pun names, like because it, it subverts expectations, right? You're like, oh, this new one's gonna have a have a funny pun name. It's no fruit turtle. Sure, I actually saw that episode. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that one wasn't so bad. How much of this did you watch? I probably watched a handful, like five or six episodes. Yeah, I watched like three. I just couldn't <laughs> do much. Um, You're going to love the ending well, when I, I describe it. Can't wait. I love that this is also like only one season. Like that's all they could, that's all they could do. Yeah, like, oh, you know, 26 episodes. It's a good, it's a big season. Most of the plot does not matter <laughs> because all of the plot does not matter. Yeah, this, I can't imagine an argument for a second season making any sense like this is it's the end of the joke the joke has run its course like in a way neo yokio is like the next version of this joke <laughs> fighting food on season two colon neo yokio by <laughs> jaden smith in association with jaden smith <laughs> yeah is there a is there an abridged version of this because it, it would just be the same jokes again I don't know. I feel like Team Four Star might have might might have a field day with this. I wonder if it's mm. too. I, I wonder if it would be too meta at that point. Probably. Like I, I don't know. Like the joke is already made. What more can you bring to it? Yeah. Like nobody's overdubbing Red versus Blue. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same kind of thing. Um. <laughs> or like not a, quite a character, but I do want to talk about their mag cart. 
Is it Magcart or Mechcart? Mechcart. It's the like. Hang on, I, I wrote. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I wrote I this shit down. Both? Hang on. Okay, so this is also an example of the parody being very clear, but they play it so straight because one of the lines in the first episode is "Chase, Kayla, go find the mobile attack cuisine cart and meet me outside." Like everybody thinks they're in a better anime. <laughs> it's it's amazing but they're not but they can't agree on a genre and so it evens out yeah mobile attack cuisine cart that's pretty brilliant and this is just a food cart like you'd find outside of any like literally anywhere it's a food cart if it had hidden compartments for weapons in it and like a glider yeah the pastry shoots (laughs) pastry shoots like like, yeah i had to pause the show when that happened whatever it's just like all right i've got some (laughs) notes to take uh like like you're writing a treatise whereas it comes a time that a food cart can have pastry shoots it becomes necessary that men rise up yeah i i this is this is the beginning of my manifesto so yeah uh, mac cart's pretty brilliant it's like speed racer but every button is is some weird yeah it's like it's gonna like throw out oil slicks and like (laughs) flamethrowers and it might it Who might knows? just season your tacos better. Yeah, it could, well, yeah, it could it could be throwing out oil slicks, but the oil is vegetable oil, and the flamethrower is for uh, crab flambe. Crab flambe equally likely. Thing? Yeah, you flambe a crab. Yeah, how else are you going to get a crab cooked? I I don't actually know. So, uh, to to say one more thing about the foodons, what I love is like the deep unnecessary lore on foodon <laughs> battle, like. Yeah. It it doesn't make any sense. Most of it is introduced just as much as it's used. Like it doesn't come back generally. No, they don't they don't set up anything in this show. Yeah. Things happen. Things happen. <laughs> Things aren't foreshadowed. <laughs> they just occur. So so what we mean by this is like what makes a food on strong? Is it the quality of the food or the quality of like the food on crafting? Cuz apparently they can mess that part up. Yeah. But it's never explained like what proportion a chef a, a what is it chef wizard dish wizard has a to, dish wizard like what is his agency in crafting his food on it seems like they just throw a card on some food and a monster pops out but we don't have any Cause idea because you'll recall in that episode with the with the fruit turtle it didn't work they literally couldn't make the food on until chase touched, touched a pineapple one, yeah touched one of the pieces of fruit on it that's it yeah so like also how rare are thing. these what's that? how rare are these cards I don't know. There's. I feel like there should there's, be. Some... There's no context for how frequently <laughs> like, thing people come into these or how expensive they should be. I, I need Spice and Wolf to show up to like explain to me how like the, the the scarcity of these cards and how expensive they are. Spice and Wolf. Yeah. Sp- Spice and Wolf sounds like the name of like a werewolf that would they they would have to fight. Oh yeah, like a Hexenwolf. Yeah, like a or Steppenwolf. Yeah. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Um, uh, what is what is up with power toppings? Power toppings. You can make them stronger by adding peas. Yeah, like it does. It seems like the the, the power toppings are multi-purpose. They introduce them. They don't explain what they mean. They, you, we just have a vague sense of the food on getting stronger when you throw food on them, which is like such a funny. Like we're so used to Pokemon, and this is so yeah, similar like... to Pokemon <laughs> in that aspect. And then we're just like, let's make it stupid now. <laughs> adding, <laughs> what... adding the food. Adding the food after the food on is there is like saying we'll fix it in post. <laughs> like we, we forgot an ingredient if for the casserole. We've already baked the casserole. Let's just shove it in there well, anyway. I just like the I like the implicit like you're going to accept this audience of the, the power toppings cuz like take any other battle anime. We we have like uh 
you know, Yu Yu Hakusho or po- Pokemon or Digimon or anything like that? What if we just started like throwing noodles and 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 pasta sauce and and like eggs and onions <laughs> on the, the participants the while they are fighting? <laughs> Do the foodons need to eat? Do they watch the, 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 like their brothers being eaten and like just stoically stand there because they're enslaved? I don't know. I don't know. They don't tell me anything about how these foodons work. We just have to let the narrator tell they, us what's important. They, they can evolve to a higher form, but it's not permanent. Yeah, and it's in the presence of other foodons. And there's like a five-star meal ticket, which is like passed down generations. And it's like turbo-powered and it makes special foodons. And there's like deluxe meal foodons. Like, but then all, they retconned it immediately. There's like all this special bizarre nonsense that then like, doesn't ben. i don't know All right, this I, is why i, I spent so just... much time in the food on wikia is because i wanted to know like if there were actually rules and like graphs this for this is... shit but there isn't i'm gonna just i'm gonna describe the the final episode real quick sure um be, to, to show like and we're kind of getting into the tone here um this show has all the beats of a battle anime but does not do any of the work to establish things they they play it so straight <laughs> so final arc the villain king gorge introduces the this is a good phrase food on embodiment of evil sure devouron what devourer and they get beaten devouron devouron and the the good guys get beaten down the old guy says he has to imbue chase with his power oh, fine and they just do that yep uh and then this chase... is like in monster rancher when like they just hadoukened out of their bodies for no mm-hmm. reason and then Chase merges with four of his foodons and like he's just in this empty ether space and he can hear the foodon he created, Palator, the foodon embodiment of good, telling him that he controls his body now and they have to do fight in space. It's like the Shadow Realm. It's like we went from a card game to something bizarre. All of it is stated beat by beat with none of it ever having been discussed before, they just start fighting. And by the way, the fighting is them just like getting bigger and smaller on the screen and then one of them catches fire. (laughs) Like there's very (laughs) little actual movement. And the music is trailing behind the the mood of the scene by a good half minute. (laughs) And then commercial break. Chase says, we won, congratulations. And King Gorge is like, I lost. That's upsetting. And then... (laughs) And he's confused because people are, like, cheering Chase. Like, King Glutton's like, what, the the people I've enslaved? They're happy they're not enslaved anymore? That's weird. (laughs) Like, he doesn't get why anything he did was wrong. And Chase is making him fried rice. And it's like, hey, cooking food can be fun and and good. And and King Glutton's like, I'm a good guy now, Chase. And you're king. (laughs) And there's there's a goddamn pop number, which is actually pretty catchy. And you've got to check it out. And then I'm and a then, good then, guy now, and <laughs> you're king. And then in the middle of the pop number, they zoom out from the scene and they show the Earth, but it's not like round Earth or even like fucking flat Earth. It's a bowl-shaped Earth. <laughs> ben, this show is so amazing. <laughs> wow, I'm sad that I missed this ending. You gotta watch it at least. Uh, <laughs> at least like go. I might clip in like the pop song because it is it is a mess. That's like I, the I'm good now and your king is such like a that's so clever. Like that's such a clever like kind of nudge in the ribs for like the weird war of succession that happens in these like JRPG settings where like yeah. you have to op- overthrow a king and then you become the new king for like you you're an eleven <laughs> year old kid and you 
your your expertise in like political matters is that you could murder like i, I don't understand <laughs> there's like a scene missing in those games but here it just tells you this is the dumbest thing in the world <laughs> and the the evil king who's been enslaving people for years is just forgiven because he's like oh i was being a dick yeah like this is a kidnapper murderer emperor god like because he learned his lesson there is no need for repercussions (laughs) well that's how repercussions work in anime is like once you've learned your lesson that's like it it has like a a, like a weird progressive it's a weirdly progressive like like, statement on like the like the the, incarceration incarceration machine that is the united states is like we're so focused on punishing that we don't get to the rehabilitation aspect that's actually kind of amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that whole thing it's it's, it's really something uh, yeah i mean like but yeah that that if, if you're looking for an encapsulation of the um the spirit with which this thing was made there it is that's exhibit a well i mean and, and it's not just like in the big moments where like they like break the fourth wall lamp hang like all those different tropes and just tell you this is a dumb fucking thing it's also through the entirety of the show, like, every time they make a serious statement, it is delivered with the utmost, like, they are, like I said, they're in a better anime, it feels like. They, they think they're in a better anime, and they're delivering the lines, which contain goddamn nonsense, with as much a, dramatic pace as they can muster. I have a, I have a perfect example of this. Go for it. Uh, second episode, Python and Chase are fighting, right? Claudia attacks, and then... Chase is defending Python from Claudia's attack, and it's got the beats of heroic action. And Python says, "Why are you saving me?" And Chase says, "Because we're both good guys." <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yep, I, I noticed that. That that's not exactly what I'm talking about, but it's also a good like piece of evidence for that. The thing that I'm talking about is like in the first episode where they all gather around of like there's a bunch of nefarious cultists who are all whispering gluttony power gluttony power yeah. and they're, they're all like gathering around this pot of rancid meat with a card on top of it which is just kind of a silly thing and like everybody <laughs> is like chanting and like intoning these like uh these the, these like words of power and one of the main good guys like uh What's what's his name? Jack Jack Fenton, something like that. <laughs> He's like you he fools. Fenton peels them all you, real quick. <laughs> you fools! You've no idea what danger you've unleashed. And there's like an energetic, epic style explosion, but it all comes from like a pot of rancid meat with a card on top of it, like they just, <laughs> which turns into a beef dragon. They just don't understand that it's silly, and that's why it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, my goodness, <laughs> it's it's something like um. Yeah, it it's sort of looks like something goofy. that Strong Bad made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um like it has all the flavor of an anime, but like the context of it is like, you know, I want to be greatest fighting dude. You know that kind uh, of. Do you remember? Do you remember that game in Whose Line Is It Anyway, where they watch an old movie and improvise dialogue based on what they think is happening? At times, oh, yeah. it felt like that's what was going on. Like, they've never seen it before. They just say, like, the generic things that they know are supposed to go in here. You know who might, like, enjoy this uh, quite a bit? Uh, Joshua from the Misty cast. 
Oh yeah, he'd have a field day. It's like this very like a lot of this reminded me of that style of humor of the making it's fun of it. It's a mystery science theater thing, yeah. Like appreciating it because it's so silly, kind of stuff that this show does. <laughs> um, I I did want to kind of veer out of tone and into the setting mm-hmm. because I I think that this setting is kind of interesting because uh, as we said, it's a weird amalgamation of Eastern. Like, it's an Eastern fantasy pastiche, and then there's, like, a four-kids dub that's just kind of... It's It's got a four-kids dub power-topping, if you would. <laughs> so, so, like, it starts in, like, something... It, it sort of feels like an Avatar The Last Airbender, because, like, everything is Eastern style. All the dressed is tradi- traditional, like, Shaolin monks and, 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 and kung fu and things like that. Um, all the fighting styles feel very reminiscent of that. But, like, so often do we have bad English puns? Um, like, you know, hey, Dad, do you think this means the king is a glutton for history, too? Fat chance. Like, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, very... I have, a, I have a PhD and a BLT in ancient foodology. <laughs> I remember that! Yeah, and a master's in hot air. <laughs> so, yeah, you're talking about the... This is a good... That was a really good episode for it. It's the, the king of Marmaland, who... He, like, carries himself like Gandhi. He dresses like a sultan and has one of those... Uh, those Hindu uh, bindi dots in the center of uh, his forehead. You know, so mm-hmm. like it, three different kinds of Eastern mysticism all wrapped up into one. Yeah, he's voiced by the same guy who did Joey Wheeler in Yu-Gi-Oh! And he talks yeah, like a Jersey guy. And and whenever like something's a problem, he just says, yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm not too worried. <laughs> oh, you've been deposed. Yeah, that's that's a rough one. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Hey, forget about it. <laughs> what are you going to do? Go fruit turtle. It's like... I know that we're just like saying over and over it knows what it's doing. Watch an episode of it. See if you're it's, not convinced. It's like the old uh, Batman TV show, the campy 60s one. Yeah. Where it was intentional. They found that that worked better with audiences. And if the audience didn't get the joke, they still have a passable show. But it's so much better if you get the joke. I, I feel like this is like the reason that a lot of 80s cartoons kind of have a, um, uh, a sort of place in our hearts. And maybe the reboots less so. Is because as we've grown up, we used to like these things inherently. We used to like, you know, um, He-Man, like, on its face. It's like, oh, this is a cool guy, and he's doing cool adventure stuff. That's what I want to be, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then as we grow up, we, like, think back on it and realize how ridiculous it is, and we're appreciating it in a in kind of a new way, but we still have affection for it. Yeah, it's... But um... then the reboot comes along for, like, Thundercats, and it it's just so generic compared to whatever weird magic went into that 80s stuff even though the 80s stuff is without a doubt worse it's just yeah the context of stole, it doesn't work anymore you stole the surface without understanding what makes it tick well and, and, and just like even we may not we might not have realized that that's what we went to it for but when you make a reboot and it's not as good that's how we i know. don't think we did go to it for that i think we went to it for you know because we we were into the adventure aspect like we went to it for the same reason that we would go to the reboot is we want a good fantasy story told with this cool plot and and this uh you know these awesome characters um it's just that the context like it's that sort of you can't go home again Mm -hmm. you know like it the context for you enjoying that show isn't there anymore you can only enjoy it as this new thing which is like a parody of what you used to like I think that might be like yeah. some of the reason that the reboots don't really work is because you aren't getting that sort of parody context by looking backward. It's so hard to capture whatever was going on then. Yeah, impossible right? even because you would have to necessarily degrade like the dialogue and animation quality. <laughs> 
Yeah. You'd have to make everything worse in order to make it fit that mold. Uh, which um, maybe we should talk about the animation. Well, I, I want to talk briefly about um, a, a little more about the way that they talk. Um, it reminded me, you know, you said that the humor is very Western. I thought that it was like classic Looney Tunes style witticism. <laughs> Please tell me what you mean by that. <laughs> um, like the the whole like fat chance thing, like all the puns. Oh my god, um, my playing favorite things straight dude. My letting favorite letting pun. letting the audience get the joke without having to say the joke. Mm, I don't know what you mean by Looney Tunes style for that. Um, it just it just felt very much in the like quick back and forth sort of vaudeville era um, oh, okay. i might be i might be thinking not of, of looney tunes specifically but just sort of the general atmosphere of it hmm i'm not quite sure i know what you mean can you give me like maybe an example uh it's hard when i write down a note and now i have to defend it and i don't remember why i wrote it down <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just let's just keep the batman example and go from there <laughs> well Maybe this will maybe this will trigger something. One of the greatest puns was in the first episode where, you know, Jack Spicer, Dragon of Metal, shows up and he's like, I hate to spoil the party, but your potlucks just run out. <laughs> there's there's that freedom there where you're not bound <laughs> you're not by genre by conventions. Expectations, certainly. Yeah. Because what you're doing is like you're the game in town that can do this. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying something new. You've cornered the market. <laughs> No one else is going to try to do this. Well, no one else is, like, shameful enough to try to do this. You're the only one who was huffing the paint the whole time. Like, huffing the you see the world hard. differently. Yeah. But I, I don't know I don't know how that relates to kind of Looney Tunesian style stuff. Like, you know, Bugs Bunny wearing a wig and wooing Elmer Fudd. I don't see how it maps onto this. Um, I, I think more just in the dialogue. Like, that's that's my context for when you say Western style Um you know okay. uh humor okay i guess so i i was kind of thinking like uh you know shallon showdown and cowboys of moo mesa sort of had this not quite quippy but like quick on the draw at least kind of uh way of doing dialogue and just adding puns to that really really cemented it for me hmm i'm not sure i'm not sure why i i think that it could be very easily uh disproven maybe. Maybe it's the subversion aspect, the the fact that you're expecting one thing and you get another, but here it's reversed because you're expecting depth and it's just not there, but your brain kind of fills it in by default. Hey, you know, there's, it's, there's it's like there's no way it. they could make it like there's this something weird if about they were this dialogue trying. That, like, I, I don't know if we're going to get quite to what exactly the dialogue is doing. There's something about it that makes the whole show feel like a weird parody simulation, like I'm like you know, a brain in a jar and imagining things while, like, my waking eyes are watching, like, the Food Channel Network or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you... the quality is so varying. It, it does feel improvised or dreamlike. Do you, have you ever have you ever read the uh, webcomic Earthworld? Uh, yeah, briefly. So there was one character in it. Um, he's basically a real-world nerd who gets transported to this magical realm, which is, like, kind of a D&D campaign. But all of the street names are, like, or, or like, there's a bunch of stuff that is like our world, but very like vaguely not like our world. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, in like the mounts in, are uh, the mounts look like peeps. Um, uh, instead of goblins, they're called goblins. Things like that. There's ugly Americans. Point. You get Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the characters, um, like one of the main characters, gets knighted by the previous king to be the new king. And the previous king's name was Sal- Saline the Fourth, and. and 
like the main the main character the guy who gets transported there is like that's something that i might have heard in an operating room i wonder if i'm in a coma <laughs> like saline iv like yeah. you know like that's that's sort of what this show makes me think of is that there's somebody in a coma and the food channel is on and their tv wait like in the uh, operating room or yeah like you 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 put a joke into this show that the quote-unquote target demographic would not get like that uh squid vicious thing <laughs> yeah like, right where is like that that's a that's a reference no one has any business putting it, or like how in Mega Man x5 like they're all based on guns and roses people like yeah who is, who is like, that for you know the it, only it, reason you would do that is if you were in a dream <laughs> or like jojo's bizarre adventure is like the stands like the phantom ghost spirits that they eventually rely on for the jojo's universes um mm-hmm. they eventually just start naming them after bands <laughs> so like why well, not oh, my, my stand is named bad company <laughs> yeah it's it's falling into falling into puns and gimmicks and weird references feels like something that would hit a like a good show in the sixth season and they just come right out the gate with it it, it, the thing is like i can't quantify the way in this is a good parody parody is so tricky to do right because you Mm -hmm. you have to like i mean meet the spartans and that sort of stuff doesn't work on work on me at all and i i wonder if it's because half of it is embracing the parody and half of it is poking fun at the parody it's plausible deniability right (laughs) you can watch several episodes of this without realizing it's parody (laughs) i don't know if that's it like i think maybe we should just like not feel like we have to nail this down like Like, there's something special in the dialogue that the parody delivers on that makes me you know first the first few episodes i wasn't sure if they knew in the same way you know you can watch the batman thing and not be sure Mm mm-hmm recognizing that it is recontextualizes the first episodes and makes it i don't know it, there's something about like being right on the line yeah like it, one way <laughs> like, it's the show's quantum entangled with itself it, it, it it's in a very weird spot like if you go one way you're playing you're actually playing it straight and it's just a bad anime if you go the other way it's like breaking the fourth wall and that is also would not kind of work yeah it's this weird local maximum yeah, that's of, that's of entertainment, like. and that's why I like have such respect for this show because that's such a dangerous space. And, and clearly, they can do it consistently. Like every episode, kind of hits at this level. I, again, I think that the four kids dub can really be owed a lot of a, f- a force for good in the world. It, it's weird because I generally dislike four kids dubs, but there's things that happen in the dub that are so on point. Like the the, the food on hot dog on it. In the sub, apparently, or like, you know, before it was localized, he would just be wielding dueling revolvers. But because, you know, guns are a problem, you know, when four kids gets their hands on things, all cigarettes turn into lollipops and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But because it's fighting foodons, they don't turn into like pop guns or, or anything like that. They turn <laughs> them into a ketchup and mustard cannon. <laughs> And that's so much better. It's it's better than the revolvers was. Like the four kids dub, they worked with their limitations, and it turned out amazing. Let Let's talk about the the limitations because yeah, the animation. You know, you could call it lazy, but I think the I can't demographics tell if it's intentionally you're trying to hit. Bad. Right. So the demographic you're trying to hit, if you are aiming for the young kids who can't tell the difference between this and Pokemon, it doesn't make sense to go all out with your style. At the same time, if you're aiming at somebody who wants to get the joke. You still don't need like a lot of movement as long as you can tell the character models apart and every action is bigger than it needs to be. 
Like it works for either one you're trying to do. I don't, I can't tell if this was an aesthetic choice or whether they just wanted to make a cheap, you know, um, I think a, a localization of this. Well, I think it depends on what the original intention was. Was this a parody when it first came out in the manga or in the Japanese anime? Because it, it's, it's limited like a Fist of the North Star. Yeah. It's more limited than a Pokemon. I, I think that's like the the key point that we want to focus on. It is more limited than Pokemon. It looks far worse than Pokemon. It's got mm-hmm. really bad like effects. I, it's hard like to Like I said with through. the fight scene, you can either get the, you know, punching back and forth like in Dragon Ball Z, but far shorter, or you yeah. get just like, you know, you get the Johnny Quest slide, like somebody gets pushed back and all you see is movement. It feels like Johnny Quest. Yeah. But yeah. without the beautiful backgrounds. <laughs> and and I want to give this show credit because I'm enamored with the idea, but I, I have to imagine that they just didn't care about it being any good. It it didn't need to be. It would be putting their effort where it was not needed. Yeah. Yeah. I do I, love their hair. I know I'm not a fan of their hair, but I do like how colorful everything is. Mm-hmm. Like everything feels like it's in a it's like in a delicatessen or, or yeah, a bakery. Bo- bold bold primary colors. There's um, frosting all over the place. It's so like it's on theme, you know. <laughs> frosting is the right word for it. It, it feels like frosting because like these aren't really they're they're accentuating people that without the frosting would not be worth your time. Like you go into it, like you say, like you go into a deli and there's some wallpaper and it's like this faded pink and green. That's what we're dealing with. Every time I like see a piece of like frosted baked goods in a in a bakery. I always like wonder. I wonder if that is a stale piece of baked goods that they just put like some chocolate sauce on. Mm-hmm. You know, like they just they just Nestle magic shelled it up because they wanted to hide the fact that it wasn't a good croissant on its own. <laughs> and they didn't want you to think like, oh, I could go for a mound of chocolate right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> well, it's combining two principles there. <laughs> what kind of frosting do you like the best? Let's let's sidebar for a second. I feel like I need Ooh. a little bit of distance from this show. I like a good vanilla flavor. Um, you know, I like a nice lemon meringue time to time, but you don't want it in like big bunches. I'm thinking like butterscotch. Right now I've got a butterscotch on my mind. I got some uh, sugar-free caramel flavoring for my coffee, like for the office, and it is really up my coffee game. Yeah. Also, my friend just gave me a just a bunch of coffee. Um, he, d- he didn't need it and he, he gave it to me. So I have like these three big bags and one of them is just labeled <laughs> special weasel coffee <laughs> and some language I don't recognize. You, and a you live in a, a magical weasel. land. And apparently what it is, is the weasel eats the coffee beans and then poops them out and then you clean them and that's what you make your coffee out of. <laughs> I, I, why, why would you? It's really like, good. <laughs> it's kind of like that cheese that has like live, uh, like live worms Bait. in it. Ugh. Yeah, there's like this why? cheese because like why? Because <laughs> like some of the some of the cheese like soft cheeses have like cultures in them, like bacteria or whatever. Oh, you know, like like how you can dry age a steak and it gets mold. Yeah, like a Salisbury steak. Sure. Yeah, that that, that whole category of food is like a little bit. Um, I I want to not be like too disgusted by it because I mean like. All, all food is kind of in some array of, you know, there, there's some like, I mean, like mushrooms you can eat. The, those come kind of from decay, right? Yeah, I've kind been of known like to a eat symptom mushrooms. of, 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 of that whole cycle. 
and well, they're uh, sacrificed. Like they're literally head. eating crap. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. Like uh, I I want to not be disgusted by those kinds of food, but I am. Like the idea of eating a cheese that has like little worms in it just feels. Like, oh, in I'm the same even... way that eating caviar feels wrong to me. Yeah, or like, like this is like I feel like it's for the memes. Like I feel like it's. <laughs> You know, like the raw food diet. Like you're just doing it because you can. This isn't you said because for the you memes, enjoy like it. for the birds. <laughs> it's for the memes. Yeah. The, uh, I only recently learned about that. The for the birds uh, is because. Oh, of course, I only know about it because it was in a recent episode. What am I talking about? Listen to the Cartoncast. <laughs> yep, Cartoncast, proud, proud sponsor of the Cartoncast. <laughs> only sponsor. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that. <laughs> We're all very proud of you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but like beef. Like, I'll eat meat as long as it's not, like, meat-shaped. What does that mean? Like, a, like a lump? Yeah, like, I'll eat, I, I much prefer ground beef. Like, chicken heart. Conceptually, that's the same as the rest of the chicken. Mm-hmm. But it's not, because uh, it looks or like, like a heart. Or, like, beef tongue. Yeah, beef tongue. I, I hate that, uh, like, my gorge rises so easily for, like, conceptual difficulties as opposed to, like actual taste difficulties but it does i'm just looking forward to when they grind up insects and i can eat like finally yeah you know like grasshopper paste but it tastes and looks like ground beef yeah it's, it's the ribwich from crusty burger think uh think smaller <laughs> think more legs <laughs> I, I i i can't wait for us to start eating insects that's it's just oh, such, man, such a funny imagine... thing it's the weird thing that you kind of do on a dare like well insects are so gross but like in the future that's all we're gonna eat because it's like it's all packaging yeah it's the biggest source of protein so it's gonna do the same thing that maine did with lobsters yeah just just rebrand can can you imagine if the ribwich uh from the crusty ribwich was made into a food on and it's just like a slab of meat with animal parts sticking out and it's like kill me i i can't imagine that i also like to think that it would be great oh delicious yeah i i mean i think so I think the concept of a rib witch is bizarrely appealing. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like a sandwich made out of ribs that I, has I, no bones in it. I don't I don't know why that's appealing to me. But <laughs> Something primal. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like the same part of me that wants to go outside and like like just bite a whole rabbit. <laughs> like in mid sprint. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but I'm saying you want to grind up that rabbit first. I I have a real problem with meat where like I can't eat anything that has like kind of any fat on it. Like it just it's that same like mental block that I have that I can't eat like a cow tongue or or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm weird with yeah. food, guys. Very strange. It's with it's food. a cultural thing. It is. Which is, I mean, there is like I think that's kind of interesting that there's so much like uh, unity between comedy and cultural food identity. Like that that's why this show makes sense, right? Yeah, this wouldn't. This show would be absolutely terrible to show us like a starving person. Is that what you mean? <laughs> no. It's like, why are they wasting food? They could be eating. No, that. I'm saying like the concept of food is sometimes funny, and that's why this show can make jokes. <laughs> oh yeah. So, yeah, like plate like, of fried rice on top of a person as like this weird amalgamation. That's not like I can't point to it and tell you the part of it that's humor. You know? No, because it's like so with Pokemon, you have a category of thing animals which can be transformed and iterated upon you this is why there's so many like uh uh media based off of myths right because you have these big cast of characters each with their own thing 
But the idea of it working for food, which is a category we're so familiar with and just hasn't been in this context before, it's it's just very clashing. I, I wonder if it's because it's food or whether it's because it's just something that is... Well, I think it's because food is comical. Like, Charm- Charmander is just like a fire lizard, and that's not funny. No, the concept but, of the salamander is well established. Yeah, in in lore, um, and there's also that. But there's that ice cream Pokemon, and he was made so much fucking fun of because this is a dumb thing. It's an ice cream. Po- but I mean, they also have or the that Pokemon that is a ring of keys. <laughs> one one of the Pokemon was like a a, a radiator, an AC unit, right? <laughs> and that is like equally stupid in a funny way. I think that's a Kirby power. <laughs> yeah, like the, in uh, but, Kirby but Kirby 64. Is try- Kirby's trying to You get to the normal silly. powers, and then he just turns into a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I mean, that's also on theme. Because <laughs> the, the two halves of Kirby are adorably silly and ridiculously epic. And a refrigerator's that nice, sweet spot. <laughs> it's kinda, yeah, it's like, I know that my mealtime will be epic, but I also want it to be silly. Epic fridge. Mm-hmm. Epic fridge time. Uh, Anything else? Um, let's see here. I, I think we've done the best job we can at nailing down what makes this show work. And I still don't really want to watch anymore. No, I will never want to watch another episode. But I will say this <laughs> in the animation. I have a, a couple of notes that even though the animation is bad, I think that's some of the moments and some of the, I, mm-hmm. I like the costumes for, for all the goofy style of the show. Um, you know the 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 costumes are like stereotypical Eastern warrior garb. Oh, like like the clothes that the food is wearing. Yes, <laughs> like like fried ricer and uh, and Sir Dumpling. I think that their costumes look great. I would really love to see anybody dress up as them because I think it's very <laughs> funny. But I, but it's just like I don't know. It's it's the half of this show that takes itself so seriously, right? Right. To have these very traditional, like, if you started on the, like, on the feet and worked your way up, that's like, it's like such a good punchline when you get to the head. That's what it is. It's a visual joke. <laughs> that's what it is. It's telling you the joke from the, from the bottom up. Oh, that's great. Uh, so, so I like, I like the, the costumes. I think they're really fun. And for all the animation lacks, there's a goofiness to this show that allows for some pretty amusing moments. Like, the scenes can be very funny, even though the animation is bad. Um, mm-hmm. what, one particular example, the King of Marmaland purports to be a dish wizard. We've talked about this. It's known. And in an effort to make him prove it, this the little sidekick character, Python, tells him, all right, you want to prove your dish wizard? Spit watermelon seeds from the palace to the forest, like as though that would prove it. <laughs> and then we cut to this dumpy guy with a chair with cherub wings and a sultan hat and he's just spitting thousands of watermelon seeds out of a window with joey's wheeler style sound effects so like you know that doesn't happen in a regular anime so it's just funny that like it goes off on this like weird little side tangent to the plot it's like we're gonna draw the goofiest character and we're gonna have him spitting watermelon seeds yeah like in any other anime the comic relief character saying that and then someone correcting him, that would be the end of the joke. Yep. We wouldn't actually get to see it. Yeah, but in this show, you go as far as you please. And if you uh, finish it all in one sitting, you get the you get it free. <laughs> yeah, like an all-you-can-eat buffet? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or like the, you know, steak challenge or whatever. What's the steak challenge? You know, you go to like the local food place and they give you a gigantic plate of food and if you eat it all within a certain amount of time, it's free because it's good publicity, but nobody can actually do it. I feel like this was a side plot for Malcolm in the Middle where like the regular part of it is, you know, family dynamics and then Brian Cranston every so often just goes on a wacky adventure. 
<laughs> Why did they let him do that? I almost feel like he wasn't supposed to in the show. <laughs> but but every so often he's like, oh, he's being brought up on charges of industrial espionage. But he, his out is that he hasn't been to work on Friday for the past 16 years because he kept right. going to Six Flags. Or um, the the fact that the uh, showrunners realized that he was just really good at uh, at roller skating. And so they wrote that into an episode where, like, he becomes obsessed with it. Or or an episode where he becomes obsessed with being a painter in his garage. Or an episode where he becomes obsessed with battle bots. Or an episode where he becomes <laughs> obsessed with, like, competitive walking. Or speed walking. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, That's the Malcolm so in the great. Middle mythos is... Is, is is so charming to me. I don't want to watch it. I do want to read some like episode descriptions. <laughs> episode descriptions are a hallmark of the Carton cast experience. I think if you wanted to like look some of them up and just read them on air, I think that would be fine. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I, I think that I'm pretty much out. I think that we've said yeah, everything we I, need I, to we say. We've done the best job anyone can do of understanding the show. I think so. It's It's hard to tell. Like there's so much of this that is ephemeral and... You know, the I think the hallmark of a good joke is sometimes that you can't dissect it, you know? In the same way that, like, some art can only be communicated through presenting you with an image or, like, a lot of information. But, you know, that's why paintings work instead of an essay. You know, there's some things right. that you have to just be shown and to interpret on your own. Sometimes you can't be told what the point is. It's the same thing yeah. between, like, explaining why a joke is funny and telling the joke. It's it's perceived information versus received information. How much of the work is the audience doing? And yeah. this, show, this show brings you right up to the finish line. You just have to be willing to walk forward. Uh-huh. And, and like in the same kind of way as like a, um, you know, in a Sherlock thing, you, you all know who did it. But kind of giving the audience the wherewithal to kind of work it, kind of work it out. It was the butler. And like there's such a satisfying, it's so satisfying to kind of work a problem out for yourself even when you know what the problem is like you know the Mm -hmm. joke is a parody but like just looking for pieces of indication that it's a parody is like extremely gratifying yeah like you're building your case like (laughs) like (laughs) you're gonna go do legal battle against somebody who says this was a legitimate tv show (laughs) oh speaking of going to do legal battle what is the what's the catchphrase that he always says phoenix right no (laughs) it's time to duel no um (laughs) Uh, the, in, in this show, he says, like, the kitchen is open. Let's, let's dish or no, the, order up. It's the kitchen is open. Order up would have been a good one. Order up is, I think, what they did for uh, Food Wars. And every time they, uh, instead of like a... Which po- is the... <laughs> instead of like a Kingler, I choose you, they do or uh, now serving, and then they tell... Now serving. Now serving. I think fried, ricer. Fried, yeah. ricer. Food wa- <laughs> fried Ricer. Fried Ricer. F- food Wars, uh, by the way, is the exact opposite because it's just children learning how to cook i actually did and it, not it, it is played entirely straight yeah um and it's it's not a comedy like it's a it's a really good show it has all the beats and it does set things up and you do feel that like sense of accomplishment of the characters but like it's about cooking right when does fried ricer show up in that show i believe like the third ep- like the second like episode a cameo he, he he makes like a fried rice dish and he's like You've never seen fried rice like this before. And I'm like, oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen fried rice in ways you wouldn't believe. (laughs) I think it would be really funny if everything in Food Wars, like, came from the same company. And that company was, like, the Fried Ricer Ricer Co. Like, it's just an (laughs) in-universe joke. 
I do implore you to watch it. It, it. It's good on its own. I will, like Tabasco sauce, I will try. Because, yeah, like, I don't have complete, dis- like, do you like cooking shows? Yes. My friends constantly, like, Mar- Mark and Caho are always watching cooking shows. I, I want to I wanna give it an, a um, recommendation for you to watch something, because mm-hmm. I think it's very funny, and it's, like, not quite a cooking show. It's more like a cooking show slash day-in-the-life comedy. It's called Samurai Gourmet. Have I told you about this? It doesn't sound familiar. It's There's some guy, he used to be a businessman, he retired, and now he spends his day walking around the city and eating from different places and commenting about, upon the food. You know, I think I think you have said something about this. It's, it sounds it's good. It's pretty engaging. Like, the the guy is very, um, you know, he's very easily, he's, like, really relatable, and the, the concepts are not, like, about, it's not about the food, it's about, like, the person's enjoyment of the food. And how like the atmosphere can add a lot, and how the coffee can supplement, you know, kind it's of. Not a about bad the day. food; it's about the love of the game. It, it's actually really cool. It's a really cool take on that kind of dynamic. I haven't checked yeah. out Food Wars, but maybe I should. I I think if you want to see people like have their clothes flying off because the souffle they had was just so good, <laughs> <laughs> one stop shop. Yeah, uh, well, that turned me off of it, but maybe I'll still maybe I'll still give it a shot. Uh, all right guys so that's uh fighting food ons yeah thanks for listening um it is hope a that show your, hope that your next dish is just as inspired but uh zane what are we doing next time zane what am i doing ben, next time ben what are we doing next time thank you uh i forgot we're watching american dragon jake Long oh yeah because that's right. you uh i don't i don't know you've, you've got some weird parasite in your brain and i'm, I'm just keeping it happy long enough to figure out how to how to, how to, how to get it out of there. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. I don't know why I want to watch this show either. It's just like something I, that I'm aware of and I'm interested in how it could be good and I want to try to justify its presence. In I much in the same way thought, as Fighting Foodons. I always thought that it was just some generic like teenage action drama. I watched the intro theme song and I am cautiously optimistic. I heard that like some of it could be about like cultural appropriation or like you know finding your identity in a different country as your ethnicity but oh because the character is always rapping and he should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like, a little inversion there it's like what if will smith was tom cruise in uh, last samurai <laughs> it's kind of like that <laughs> yeah it made it better but you still didn't quite get what was wrong with it the first time <laughs> yeah it's like okay well this is sort of a lateral move you're not <laughs> fixing the right problem like i'm always happy to see will smith oh yes Look, parents just don't understand fighting foodons is really the thing <laughs> why won't my parents understand fighting food <laughs> there's gotta be a better way um and, and what are we doing that... after american dragon jake long uh, I was hoping that we could look at something a little more adult, a little, um, <laughs> okay, a little weirder already on its surface, and so we'll watch the Oblongs. Oh, cool! Which is a show I, I believe I remember you enjoying, and I found good but scary. Yes, it's sort of got um, an Invader Zim kind of um, yes critique, like a, a to weird it. lens on life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds like a fun time. I'll I'll ask David if he wants to come on that because uh, I know that he also likes Oblongs quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Also, check out Empowered soon if uh, you want to hear our mythical older brother. <laughs> yes, because uh, he he actually does show up for a couple of those. We're not just making him up. I swear. I like I I had to explain to him. It's like people think you're fake. 
<laughs> I mean, I've been telling them about you since episode 10, like four years ago, and you've never showed up. <laughs> He's passed into myth. Yes, he, he has ascended. He has ascended the bread stairs. Okay. Well, um, it's been fun, guys. Uh, if you want to go ahead and comment on either American Dragon Jake Long or the Oblongs, go ahead and go to our Facebook page and drop a comment anywhere. We'll be happy to read it on on, on air. You can go to our website, cartoncast.com, or our group website, fancybat.com, if you want to check out other shows in the network, um, such as the uh, such as Empowered, superhero show um or andrew spawns amusement sparks which is lovely and of course dan caves and his friend um do a political drinking podcast which is cocktail party congress go ahead and check those out leave a rating and review on itunes and more than anything else just tell your friends about the show mm-hmm. now if you'll excuse me me and uh trumpeter have to go fight the overlord all-seeing recorder <laughs> yeah okay pian no you didn't <laughs> Hello, various foodons and food offs. Um, <laughs> okay, we we realized belatedly that um, in how wrapped up we got about this show, we forgot to talk about the intro, and that that could not stand. Yeah, you, you know how after a, a, a pretty good like live performance a lot of the time the audience goes like encore and they're like well we weren't planning on doing an extra song but okay here's our best song just for you it's sort of like that situation where like you knew this was gonna happen well but we needed (laughs) we needed you to ask for it well if in that case they were planning on playing it before the encore and forgot about it (laughs) well yeah i assume that that's a lot of musicians just kind of forget halfway while they're up there i don't know about you but like whenever (laughs) i have to give a presentation i i start the presentation i black out for 10 minutes and i finish the presentation the (laughs) middle of it is i i don't know what i'm saying when that happens though the same is true for improv uh performances yeah but we podcasting like sometimes i'm in ethan's presence Like, Ethan's in my presence when I'm podcasting, and, like, I don't know that, I don't notice the time passing, and he just, I look over it every so often, and he just, like, dumbfounded look on his face. He's like, ah, this is just a different, this is like in my attack mode. You're still going? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Cartoncast is very much a one-hit wonder, though, because everyone only came to see the encore song. <laughs> yes. And everyone just wants to hear us talk about the Fighting Foodons intro, which... Yeah, it's our free bird. A little, a little background here. It, the, so it's, a, it's a, um, you know, it's a four kids dub. So the intro is just going to be clips of the show. I, I could not find the Japanese intro. This is just clips of the show with a, a musical number, which is completely ill suited to the show. Uh, yeah, which this is, is really fascinating. Offenbach's actually. Orpheus in the Underworld. Um, <laughs> what's your, what's your familiarity with this particular piece of music? Oh, it's, it's the Can Can. Everyone knows the can-can from it. That one? Yeah, where they can do the can-can-can. Hmm. But, but like, isn't that the song where, like, if you slow it down, like, the can You get satanic messages? Yeah. <laughs> you play reverse? Uh, you know, they did so a, the plot of, uh, of uh, Girl Meets World? Yeah. They, they did a cover of it for Moulin Rouge. Did they? Everybody watched that movie. I'm cool. Isn't it weird that... Is it weird? 
<laughs> okay. I was going to say something. Like, it was probably a joke. Don't worry about it. <laughs> let's just, let's let's just do this. <laughs> so they take the music from Orpheus in the Underworld, but they put they put words on it. <laughs> And yeah, and, and it's craft. the same kind of words that they put in the show. It's really something. Because it's like bad puns and just the... You know, I'm generally not a fan of rhyming when rhyming doesn't need to happen. Here it <laughs> needed to happen because everything else about the show is so forced. Yeah. You, but, you can, uh, you can I, hear the singers just rushing to get all of the words out. I don't... I, like, it's, it's weird because, like, it's a forced rhyme, but they are all also really kind of into it. Like... Depending on the spice you add your food on will be really bad. And like, bad, bad, bad. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they like carry it out way longer than they need to. It's because they could have made this any length and it would have been fine because <laughs> <laughs> it's a clip show. So it, just take out some of the clips if you don't want to sing as much. It really no, grew on me. Go way in for it. This intro started off. I I opened it up after recommending that we watch Fighting Food on. So I'm like, I've made a terrible mistake, <laughs> but it really grew on me, and I kind of love it now. <laughs> I'm kind of torn because it is the most memorable aspect of the show for me. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is one of those songs that just kind of stuck in my memory, and it's the only reason probably why I remembered the title of the show was because of the song. I love, um, you know, during the bridge section, in this operatic voice, she's like singing about like pizza yes, would you like to would you like to start singing some of the fighting food on <laughs> You know, pizza attacks with cheese, and then they end it with. Um, which will win Italian or Chinese? And I think that's so great because that's like the classic, like, what do you want to eat tonight? <laughs> but now they're actually fighting. <laughs> just just yeah. encapsulates. You know, it's like how um, the Kirby it's like, it's like, intro perfectly like tells, it tells you everything you need to know about the show. <laughs> Well, well uh, let's get back to that in a second, but I like what you say about uh, it's the classic Italian or Chinese, what do you want to eat tonight? Because that's like how a martial arts plot line if they did like a day in the life of these two martial artist characters mm-hmm. this is how they would solve that problem as well as every other problem <laughs> well well yeah but like specifically like what do you want to eat tonight i got an idea instead of picking it making a decision based on anything else about our lives let's fight them there, there's a great um <laughs> there's a great line in in one of the john dies at the end books where it's like oh look what's on the menu it's kung fu chicken it's all you can eat baby <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it should be like Kung Pao Chicken, but it's Kung Fu because they're fighting. It's going to oh. punch him. And is that baby like a, yeah, baby, like the, yeah, the baby. Austin Powers? Yeah, like in the Austin Powers way of saying <laughs> his, baby. His famed love of Kung Fu Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get it. I understand. Uh, the, what you were saying about uh, Kirby right back at you, that whole that whole intro. Um, it, this is similar in that it's telling us what we need to know in a in a in a song style that doesn't really suit it i don't like this one as good as the uh kirby right back at you theme kirby one's got the energy behind it it's less forced so it means that they like that they meant to do it that way (laughs) yeah and just in that kind of like kirby with with that whole thing is like they're kind of putting on a performance for us like they're all going to take a bow at the end like the idea for it to be vaudevillian makes perfect sense but this one being classical is really strange because they wrote the music for kirby here it's like okay, what's in what what's doesn't, in, what doesn't yeah, have copyright? Yeah, what, what's what's in the public record? 
and like some poor intern is, is given this, or this happy birthday is given this and a brief synopsis of the show and like write some write some words to this song and just did a, <laughs> he just, just did got the a list of job nouns. he could food cards battle glutton empire matzo ball uh fried ricer and then like in parentheses fried ricer fried ricer <laughs> you know uh, another show that did this sort of like music that doesn't fit tell you what you need to know was monster rancher I also like the Monster Rancher one better. <laughs> and each time they just kind of get further away from, like, like you put in the effort required for a good intro. What happened in the meantime? <laughs> well, I, I don't know, because uh, I think that this is a pretty weak intro, to be honest. Like, it's it doesn't take itself seriously, but that's the only point in its column. And I'm wondering if it's just because I like the music less. It just... It it stays with me. I don't know what it is. It stays with me too, but like it's in those one of like those annoying songs staying in my head, can't go to sleep because it's in my head sort of ways. With Monster Rancher theme, I'm like jamming out to it like you know, <laughs> headbanging in the park kind of stuff. I was transported to a faraway planet world. I feel like that's an rule. opinion that's gonna come back to bite you. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that's that's absolutely my jam. Someone's gonna hold that over you when you're like you're running for public office. Um, Monster like, rule. Uh, Monster as you can rancher. tell from the record, my <laughs> yeah, uh, my opponent seems to be a fan of the Monster Rancher intro. <laughs> and like right up there on the podium, <laughs> just like to a faraway planet. <laughs> like pretend to be like spit like spinning a record in place <laughs> m- m- monsters rule <laughs> like the entire audience starts to go monster rancher like that's the like that's the refrain i yeah. go like monsters rule and i like throw my hand to like point to the back of the crowd and they all go monster rancher start doing the wave i've got the power on my plate i've got the spice to seal my fate i'm gonna stop this glutton crime i'm gonna change the world one meal at a time 